Hi, I'm Daniel Budai, and this is the Ecom Show, a podcast where you can learn more about the world of high-performing e-commerce players and marketers. The show is brought to you by the team of Budai Media. Let's grow your e-commerce business together. Hey everyone, here is Daniel Budai with the next episode of our Ecom show. And I'm super glad to have Nick today uh, in our podcast, who is one of our copywriters in the team. He's from the UK. And hey, Nick, how are you doing today? Very good, thank you. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> Which part of the UK? I, I, I try to remember, but I don't remember. Somewhere in the south, right? I'm in uh, Bournemouth on the south coast, which is beautiful. But I, I have not seen much of it since March because I, I think we've all been inside. So, uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, our, one of our account manager, Ben, ben uh, he lived there as well for and not in the same town or city. Yeah, he but, was on the uh, coast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so today we will talk about copywriting. And Nick, uh, how long have... Uh, Have we been working together? I think two years. Two Maybe years. Now. It's, it's over. I think over a thousand emails I've I've done. That was a yeah. while ago. So yeah, a lot. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's wonderful to think about it. You just you know we just work together and time goes. Yeah. yeah. So after more than one thousand emails, now it's official. Um, <laughs> After more than 1,000 emails, we want to talk about uh, what kind of emails work well and what uh, don't as much. Um, so there are many things to cover. Um, but before we jump into that, please uh, tell us more about how you learn copywriting. Uh, because just like most marketers, they don't learn it in school or at the uni, but they just hoping to it because of some motivation or or life situation i think yeah, actually so... i i've been doing uh copywriting alone for for five years and before then maybe 10-15 years as a uh content writer journalist i, I even taught english uh, at one point so all oh. using the same kind of skills but obviously when you get to Copywriting, you're using different uh, for a different purpose. And I think that's worth talking about because some people are very confused about the difference between a copywriter and a con content writer. I think, uh, especially sometimes on the client side, people don't always know what to expect from a from a copywriter. Um, but really, for the for the last five years in, in what I've been doing, uh, it's it's always with a purpose. And obviously, you're trying to create change of behavior or typically make a sale in in, in something and, and engage people yeah. whereas with content writing you're often just sharing information in in, in the clearest possible way um when i started i i knew i was the same i didn't really know what a copywriter was um and my first few experiences in in a marketing environment i had there was so many phrases and words I knew nothing I didn't know what funnels were and there's so many abbreviations um yeah. 
but I, I mean, you learn it very quickly. And yeah, you're right. There is no. So many people come into the uh, into copywriting. There isn't really a formal way. I think some people sell courses, and you, you can do a course. Um, I haven't done. I, I've done courses that helped, but they weren't necessarily about copywriting because I, I was already confident in in writing. Um, but de definitely learning. I mean, the things you can do like Google Digital Garage and Facebook course, that all helps um, build skills in how people interact with with email and social media, that that kind of thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, who were the biggest uh, teachers for you? Um, um, I, for, yeah, carry on. I I would say. I, I probably did what everyone else did. I'm, I'm, I'm part of lots of, you know, Facebook groups for copywriters and things like that. And everyone is always asking about uh, Gary Halbert and uh, yeah. famous copywriters. I wouldn't, I think the idea of a famous copywriter is a funny idea, really, because it, often it's anonymous. If you, if you think of the most famous ads you've seen, nobody knows who wrote them. No, I mean, some people will know who wrote Just Do It or Think Different, that kind of thing. But really, it's kind of an anonymous um, profession. Um, but I, so some some people will will study everything by Gary Halbert or um, so-called famous copywriters. But I've found what's has been most useful is just to to become hyper aware of all the copy around you. That's that's really all you need. Um, that when you when you receive an email when you're listening to an ad on the radio or watching an ad on the TV, or even if you're, you're waiting at a bus stop, it's so easy just to, to miss what's around you. But you're all of us, we're, we're bombarded with copywriting all day. Yeah. Uh, they, there's 10,000 ads or something that people see in a, in a day. So it, it's, it's all the time, especially on social media. So rather than letting it passively wash over you, if you can get into the habit of looking. So when you get an email, uh, even now, if I get something in my spam folder, I will open it, try to work out what they've done, what their technique is, what worked, what didn't work, and and also what you know what would I have done better if I'd had the opportunity, and that then you you learn practical skills. Then the the most useful training I've done has been more on the uh, psychological side and the behavioral economic side. And that's is just so interesting. It's, I mean, I, I don't reading copywriting books is, is fine. It's, it's good practice, but reading about the actual thinking process behind it and how to influence behavior, it, you can never learn enough. There's always something. I mean, I know you, you like that as well. And I think we yeah. both watched, uh, the Rory Sutherland talk at, at, uh, ad, ad tech, it, it, you know, he is at the pinnacle of that, and and I I love reading yeah. books uh, about that. So I, I think that's a great idea to to read into that. He used to be a copywriter as well, Rory Sutherland. I think yeah. he's the vice president of OGLV in in in, in, yeah. uh, in the UK. And they they do a course on behavioral economics, which is all <clears throat> you watch videos and and uh, take tests, and you can do certification in that. So I, I did that, and it's uh, that was really useful. But you have to top it up. I, I tend to forget things quite quickly. So, you you know, you come back three months later and just revisit the skills. And, and yeah. you always, every day you learn something new. So I think even 
a bad email can teach you something. Uh, it's some yeah. people on Facebook talk about uh, copying out Gary Halbert ads by hand and things like that just to to get them into your subconscious. But I think that's I mean, that that's that will do something. Um, but really, you're you're never really going to pre be presented with that challenge because you, you're always solving a problem. Every time you sit down and write an email or a social post or a tweet, you are trying to solve a problem. And that problem is different for everybody. So, you know, what somebody else did in the past is not necessarily going to help you. Um, yeah. But I think you look at a bad email or, or, or what is technically a bad piece of writing, well, you'll still learn something from it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a big, uh, that's a very huge thing that you said that uh, you should keep your eyes open and just really just study everything around you because copywriting is everywhere and not just copywriting, but marketing and sales is everywhere. Mm -hmm. So you can learn about it. And also if you learn about the psychological uh, Uh, aspects of things why people mm. behave in certain ways it's a it's a more deeper it's a it's a deeper uh, level and you can understand uh, why marketing and copywriting works so yeah it's it's not just about if i should question mark to the end of the subject line or not but it's more about the deeper aspects of uh, of psychology and i think that it is it's a it's such a disruptive activity that it, you can we'll, we'll probably talk about it later but you can spend hours obsessing over a subject line but you also need to think of the context that people read that a lot of people overlook yeah. the context where things are and the, always the fact that you're you're interrupting somebody from doing something else especially on social media that's the, the very nature of it um so yeah you you have to to know what triggers people how people i suppose with email it's it's different but how people behave in a group and how they other people influence um them. Yeah. but that, that plays into it as well because you know social proof is, is very powerful for, for that kind yeah of actually we i think we already tried an ai tool for subject lines because you just provide a few words for the algorithm and it come it comes up with a subject line hmm. And uh, I think the main difference between the AI tool, because it can come up with some good subject lines, to be honest, some catchy ones, it follows the formulas. Mm -hmm. But why good copywriters are much better than the AI? Because they understand deeper context. So there is Super Bowl next week, or there is some political thing uh, happening now, or coronavirus, or... Um, Maybe this audience they uh, they are crazy about a singer or or a movie. I don't know something. So the the human can understand the the deeper context and and also um, you follow the news. You you know the updates about everything. While the algorithm is just this is the formula I have to follow this. Yeah. So I think it's yeah. a good example because. Uh, If you, I think, I mean, we might be in 10 years' time. AI might, and in fact, I went to uh, an ad forum up in, in London a couple of years ago, and there was quite a few Chinese companies had software that is going uh -huh. to do content writing by, by AI. Mm -hmm. But a lot of them, especially in email, they tend to, well, they will scan the content of the email and use machine learning to, to generate a, 
a head a subject line or headline but mm-hmm. like you say that's separate from the cultural context that people and, and current events and yeah if you look at you know these days we're, we're all we communicate with memes and and things which which are very yeah. common but i don't think ai could really capture yeah, yeah. Uh, uh yet although I yeah know. yeah it doesn't understand the difference between generations uh you don't say to an old man that hey bro for example mm. so so yeah these kind of things as well um and uh, let's talk more about uh about e-commerce so we work together on many e-commerce projects and um how would you differentiate the different brands and different brand voices um i think one big uh, big differentiation can be uh, rational sales when let's say we sell higher ticket items uh, people think about it a lot um i remember we had a company who sold uh, 3d printers for like four mm-hmm. or five thousand dollars uh so that's very rational thinking versus uh, impulsive and emotional buying when we sell a cheap uh, cheaper gift or uh, or maybe a beauty product uh, perfume or something like that so mm-hmm. what differences can you see and how people should adapt to the different voices of their e-commerce business i think that the behavioral economist would w- would say that all all buying is impulsive and emotional and that mm-hmm. what we have to do is we post rationalize once we've made a decision we we, mm-hmm. we it, in milliseconds we've made a decision we like the look of something or you know whether we react to a call to action or, or anything like that or an image mm-hmm. then after we go back and find the the um the, uh, the, the justification for it yeah i think one thing i've noticed is that in in the last few years and you'll know more about this because you've been doing this longer is that the the standard of e-commerce uh has copywriting has gotten mm-hmm. massively better i think a few years ago there was a lot of people you it's very easy to set up a dropship store and to yeah. set up your flows and a lot of people were doing yeah. it themselves and often the 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 website content is not good and it it just looks a little bit like a scam email and now you have e-commerce stores who are becoming brands themselves and they they yeah. they build that list and it has a you know a, a strong following and people will share that content and you you say so you have a lot of e-commerce stores behaving like brands with with a clear mm-hmm. tone of voice and i would think they would they would see that reflected in in the churn on their email list that that people are actually engaged and everyone knows it is it is the most effective way to to engage with your customers and often the email is the first thing people will check in the morning but before they're social um so if you can build that tone of voice and uh and that is part of the copywriter's job is to you are the sort of custodian of, of that tone of voice and actually to to think back to to going back to the ai uh, idea mm-hmm. the ai will will look at the existing content you have and come up with a subject line as a copywriter you should be looking at everything in that in your store or brand's world so you're you're reading their reviews you're looking at what they say on even if it's you know negative sometimes you need to know 
how they feel about that brand. Uh, that's why, you know, we do surveys quite often to, you yeah. know, some people, some people say, I'm sick of these emails or, you know, and you, you have to understand that. Um, but really look at, go on Facebook, see the kind of reviews people leave below the products. And from there, you work out, you know, their world, their trigger and how to adapt. Mm -hmm. I think it is a responsibility to build that tone of voice for, for a, uh, an e-commerce store and, and to um, set, yeah. set the way. And if you get it right, then you it's not you take a lot of the pressure off subject lines and, and impulse because your customers know what to expect. They know they're going to get value. Um, I mean, we, we do a, for quite a few stores. We do regular you know, Monday emails with, with just jokes in or. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they they got great open rates. They're not selling anything, but they're they're just keeping that conversation going and they're and they're giving uh, value. Yeah. Nick writes amazing jokes for uh, our clients, the audience of our clients. Um I when I talk with uh, a few potential clients, many times I mention the Monday joke emails and everyone li likes it. Um so yeah, maybe we should uh made it as a as a patent of of the company i don't know <laughs> um by the way one more thing what i don't like about ai it doesn't experiment too much it, it builds on the past on the history on the data so mm. and the and the human copywriter can experiment that uh, you you can see that probably these people are they are getting bored by something so let's try something very new and you experiment yeah. explore new things why ai is just lazy so yeah. that's um, I mean, the one they you know they call it the last unfair advantage is, is creativity that we we can behave unpredictably yeah, yeah. we can ignore evidence and and you know whilst we can yeah. still do that we still have a, a role to play but then it's the machines yeah um so who should hire a copywriter nick and uh maybe i would ask a related questions so we can see brands where the owner finds it difficult to outsource the writing, the copywriting. And I think many times because they are emotionally attached to the brand so strong and maybe the brand voice is their own voice. Let's say I'm a guy, I have a shaving brand and this is it's, the company is founded by me and I'm really into my own brand. I work my asshole all day in this brand, so I'm really attached to this. Um, and it's hard to outsource for them. I can understand that. But what should they do? Should they hire a copywriter? They shouldn't. Or or if they hire someone, how they should explain it to the copywriter what they want? That is, I mean, that's the big obstacle that we have is that a lot of owners will, they are, like you say, they're so close to the brand, they don't want to let it go. And it, copywriting is the most likely thing. They'll say, look, I'll do it myself. No, no store owner is going to say i'll do the designs myself or set up the flow but most people you know anyone can learn copywriting so everyone thinks they can do it yeah my my point would be that if you've spent you know 15 hour days and you've invested so much into your company you get one last chance to unveil that to customers and why why blow it why not get a professional person to do it it's like if you you have a restaurant you hire a great chef you've got a yeah. you know modern kitchen and then your menu is 
full of spelling mistakes and and that's the only place where people will actually see your product so you want the actual point where your product meets the market to be as good as possible so it's always worth hiring a, you know somebody a professional obviously yeah. a, lot, a lot of brands don't have the budget but instead of thinking it about it in terms of how much it's going to cost you it's better to look at you know how much money am i how much money am i leaving on the table by not getting it done properly and yeah. it's it's expensive to acquire people into your list it's expensive to set everything up you you need to extract as much value as possible from all that and and you know hiring somebody to 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 write your your flows your about page your your you know, landing page product page it just makes sense and it's not it's not really i mean compared to developer costs and design costs it tends to be yeah. one of the more affordable uh you know yeah 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 and uh what do you think if there is an e-commerce store they, they are just starting out where they should start with uh they should start with a great about page great emails great ads or something else where they should implement professional copywriting first they so in in that situation obviously if, if you're you know bootstrapping and you you haven't got a huge budget it even just get somebody in to set up um the flows that you know your welcome flow your abandoned cart because those are the ones that are going to generate most of your revenue and then obviously that the, the pages where people are converting um so your you know your landing pages and your product page that's but huge even, yeah even things like frequently asked questions that kind of thing. often that's people you can when you go into a lot of sites you see that somebody's just done that on their lunch break and it doesn't make sense but it's in search terms it's really important yeah i would start with the product page pages personally because uh i see many good ads i think people they really care about ads which is good they are good at generating traffic but so many of them they ignore the website and actually this is why we started our conversion optimization service yeah. because compared to the great ads what i can see on facebook or or google i can see so many bad websites and product pages um yeah and they still make money because there is much traffic coming to the website but the conversion rates are pretty low and the copy is just low quality and they just don't care much about it they just uh, put there the um the features of the product and that's it so i think that's that's important the product page yeah. and the landing pages and of course emails as well that's our that, core that might be because maybe some sites are kind of drag and drop and they mm -hmm say look here's a copy block put something here so you're yeah. not thinking why do i need something here why do i need an image here where mm -hmm. why would it be better just to have you know fewer headlines and a you know, yeah. less copy or something so somebody who's who's you know done that a lot of times will look at it and you know look at what your competitors are doing as well and and don't always go by what the template is telling you to do i think yeah. that was something a lot of uh checkout flows have unnecessary steps in that people don't they will sometimes leave it as the default setting 
um, and it just creates friction. So there's always there are usually things you can do with that to to you know reduce the number of clicks or make it clearer, especially if you're you know giving discounts and that kind of thing, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. just to make it easier for people to buy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's talk about some formulas. I know you like them, and uh, tell us more about these copywriting formulas. So I know one, the I, sorry. I know the good old AIDA, A I D A. I think that's one of the oldest one, but maybe you know more. <laughs> uh, I I I studied them. That's one of the things I that you, when you look at them, you realize you kind of know them anyway because you you see them yourself every day. Mm -hmm. um, it's really just you know it's it's like learning to play an instrument and then you go back and, and work out what the notes are. So there, there's nothing really revolutionary in, in the templates. I think it's it's worth knowing them. So yeah, Aida is one mm -hmm. that you you know you, you can't engage anyone until you get their attention. So you you know attention is the first one, interest, uh decision and action. You uh, sometimes people forget to ask the person to to you know to take an action. Not not so much an email, but um, you see that a lot of the time on landing pages. Yeah, yeah. Um, but a, a lot of the time with templates, is you, you know the rules so that you can break the rules. And we certainly don't all, if, if every email we did was according to a template, it would be, I think you would, you would lose uh, people from your list because it would just become uh, boring. And I think you see it a lot on, some of the Facebook copywriting groups, when people introduce themselves, they mm. blast out with this big, you know, uh, bold kind of introduction. And you can tell it's it's kind of a template that has been, you know, it's a very successful formula. But uh -huh. it's, you don't always want that. At nine o'clock in the morning, you just want someone to say, hi, nice to meet you all. Um, can you give me advice on so-and-so? But so people tend to, to, to front up a lot. Sometimes you, with, you know, if you've got a good list and you've got a good tone of voice and you're uh you know you're writing to an engaged segment you don't have to have a, a formula just i think clarity is really important is you know structure but just speak clearly to them uh in in you know in the language that that, that has proven to work with them mm -hmm. uh, for, for your emails and you know don't be afraid to to break free i think with some of the b2b emails and and the uh you know more less impulse um products you do need a, a bit more structure to maybe unveil testimonials that kind of thing um so there is a longer structure there and i think that the whole gary halbert uh, ethos was once you've got somebody's once they've raised their hand and they've got interest they've, they've showed interest you give them everything you 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 know, you, you can send them an email or a, a DM that covers every single point because you might not get another chance to, to convert them. Interesting. So basically the higher, the not, not the price, but let's put it in this way. So the more rational and the less impulsive this the buying decision is, then the more you can uh, share and the more transparent you can be, if I understand yeah. well. And I can experience this in uh, in B two B as well because when I when we sell our services, we share 
almost everything, like really, because trust is important. And if they can see everything, then they trust us much more. While when you sell a perfume, you just show the image and you don't share everything about the, you know, the ingredients and all of that. Yeah. And I think we we did uh, uh, some some discussions with Daniel Dayette, who's obviously a master at this, and he would pick up the phone, call people, and and get uh, all their pain points, all, just accumulate as much more uh-huh. information than you need, so that you're you know you're not starting with a blank page, you're starting with uh, you're you're covering off every single avenue. Um, it, before you pitch them with with the idea yeah 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 we were coached by daniel Dayat and uh to shoot, shoot out for uh, him he's uh he was a great coach earlier this year um so um yeah maybe about the aida so a is attention i is interest d is decision and a is action so desire and action what? yeah what happens in the interest and decision phase? Actually, I'm not 100% sure. The the interest and then, sorry, desire was the, the next one. Um, ah, desire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So attention, you know, grab the attention, uh, interest, establish the uh, interest and, and desire, establish uh, people don't often know they need something. You have to kind of point out yeah they need something and uh there you can be creative i mean so, some of the stores we work with you you don't you sometimes do think why is why you know who buys this or why does somebody buy it but everything is a is a you know a tool for something else uh it could be you know an, a, an object that, that boosts your creativity or it complements your uh your particular health interest something like that um, or it helps you become something that you know, it, it helps you become the opposite of something you don't want to be. So you know, they say about throwing stones at your enemies, uh, it could be, you know, weight loss or giving up something. Uh, you know, vaping is a, is a way to, to give up smoking. So you establish yeah. friction um, and once you've evoked that desire, they've, they've started to think, yes, I, I see myself needing this. Uh, and you're not you'll do it within one email perhaps but really you're doing this over a, a flow your uh, people will come back two or three times before they actually uh make a decision and then nice clear action uh to to, to get them to, to to take the next step yeah 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 and uh i'm also a big fan of open loops so we say something either in the subject line and then in the in the inside the email we continue and they open it because oh, i'm curious i think uh, i i sent a follow-up email to one of our uh new client who was not really responsive and uh, i sent something like we need only one more thing for black friday and then he opened it and he signed the contract and yeah because he, we needed one more thing for black friday and he, he opened it and read it and the action happened. Uh, but uh, it also works for the inside the email. So we can finish the email with something like this, with an open loop, and they and then they are waiting for the uh, next email. 
I think for uh, movies or series, it's called uh, Cliff. Cliffhanger. Yeah. Yeah, Cliffhanger. Yeah. yeah. And then you finish the first episode and you can't wait for the next one. And they they use it very well in Hollywood. So well, that, I mean, that's the way they often talk about copywriting as, as storytelling, is that humans are just addicted to this. We, we yeah. humans just cannot resist not knowing something. So even if there's a subject line, you know, the one thing people in your area need right now, you can't help yourself because you've got to know. Yeah. And uh, I mean, marketing plays on that all the time, but yeah, it, it always works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It works very well. Actually, I just yesterday I talked with a guy from Canada and uh, he has a video marketing agency and I, I will invite him into this podcast and uh, I will ask him about script, script uh, writing. And uh, he told me yesterday that script writing is the ultimate skill for good videos, a good story. The visual is also important, but if the script is good, the story is engaging, then it will be successful so yeah and a lot of people don't when they think of copywriting they forget that it is you know radio video they, these all need scripts for them yeah um, yeah yeah exactly uh so nick uh is there anything else that you want to share us with today maybe any good advice for black friday christmas and, and I'm a bit yeah. black friday out i've <laughs> written hundreds of black friday emails and uh I, I'm going to take a pause before I think about that again. But I, I, I do have some uh, good resources. I suppose the easiest thing is I can post them in the in the on the Facebook page just as links. Of yeah. I, I tend not to, to to try and be more productive. Just to stick to two or three websites that I go back to every single day, uh, yeah. and they are absolutely fantastic. Or, or two or three mm -hmm. books that I go back to every day. So I'm happy to share those if that helps people. Um, yeah look where, what they need to know next yeah yeah please share those and uh, we will also put those into the description of this podcast and uh, everyone can learn from those and uh, nick so thanks uh, for coming and uh, sharing all of these today um i hope we will write uh, a few more thousand emails together <laughs> <laughs> for our clients and also thanks everyone for uh, listening to us today and uh, stay tuned every Thursday we are coming out with a new episode take care thank you hope you enjoyed this episode of the ecom show podcast if you want to learn more about e-commerce retention marketing check out our facebook group called top 3% e-commerce email marketing or check out our website thebudaimedia.com The show is brought to you by the team of Budai Media. See you in our next episode and don't forget our goal. Grow your e-commerce business together.